What do you think are the specific sectors that are really going to shine going into the next bull run? I think gaming is going to be huge, huge, but not the gaming NFTs that we've seen so far. I don't think any of those are going to do anything crazy. <laughs> like my thing to gaming NFTs, and I say this a lot to people building games in the academy is, you know, like why, why would I buy an NFT that's 200 bucks to play your game when I could buy four games for my PS5 for the same price and they're probably better and they have less bugs and yeah. you know it's like it doesn't make sense but once these gaming companies even like Grand Theft Auto steps in the picture and starts applying web3 technology into their in into the game it will change the whole landscape all right what is going on t Station? welcome back to another episode if it's your first time here make sure you guys drop a like subscribe where we talk about under the radar tips, tricks, and opportunities for you to make money in Web3. Uh, today's episode, also a very special guest, somebody I've worked with in the past, and obviously he's had a great reputation in this space, being, in my eyes, one of the best devs in Web3. Crypto Brando, what's going on, bro? What's up? How are you guys? Good, man. Uh, yeah, excited to have time. you here. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. So... This is uh, one of my first podcasts ever, so I'm typically like the guy behind the scenes that no one knows, and then, uh, but I guess it's time to change that. So that's so funny. We were actually just talking about how most people in Web three aren't used to being in front of the camera, which is why Twitter is so popular because we can just communicate without having to think about that. Um, so let's warm you up for your first podcast. We like to play a little game called this or that rapid fire answers just tell me which one you would rather okay ready okay usdt or usdc usdc binance or coinbase binance whiskey or tequila tequila nice <laughs> paper hands or diamond hands diamond hands okay <laughs> would you rather get rug pulled or not take profits? Rug pulled. <laughs> okay, facts. Okay, and last one. Creator royalties or no royalties? Creator royalties. Nice. Okay, Whoa. good. Glad we got you warmed up now. Okay, right. so for our audience, for people who don't know you, can you just give a quick background on what your skills are in web three so people know what your technical background is and then also what you're doing with your nft project you know it, what gap you saw in the market and how you're filling that okay yeah so quickly my name is brandon uh i build nft projects um probably over the last 12 months we built or worked on some of our projects as well as projects that we've advised for through our agency um, we sold about 50 million dollars total in nfts nice. um and yeah, I'm developer, marketer. We've got a. I, I don't want to take full credit for the development. We have an amazing team behind us, but uh, but yeah, I do a lot of the development, a lot of the marketing, um, and yeah, everything when it comes to like connecting with influencers and collabs, and you know, putting together marketing calendars, building an entire team. Um, we actually have a project where we train people to build NFT projects. Um, actually, we literally just had a project out of our NFT academy that. Um, did over a million dollars yesterday um, and sold out. So it's cool seeing people take our advice and win in this space. So, but you can name drop too. Feel free. 
<laughs> yeah, so we've been a part of projects. Um, you know, obviously some of our projects like Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, WGMI, NFT Academy. Um, and then we've also advised on a multitude of other projects like uh, Gen's Croquet Club, um, Hikari. Oh, that's um, a good one. There's there's a whole bunch. So nice. okay. um, I think right around like 15 or 16 projects. So wow. Okay. And what is your favorite to be working on? Or what are you most excited about? Of course, you love all of them. But there has to be one that you like more. Honestly, like NFT Academy is, uh, is my baby. Um, I like always wanted to be able to give back and provide value on uh, just things that I did that got me to where I am today. Um, and I love like the marketing side. I love helping people. I I'm always like the type of person who wants something new. So doing yeah. the same thing over and over again is just exhausting. But the NFT space is fun, and especially when you're working with other people, um, even advising, just helping. Like everybody's got a different project. Everyone has different issues, and uh, it's kind of fun. Um, I really enjoy it. So that's like my baby. And I mean, I was in like the e-commerce space back in the day, and yeah. so I was used to seeing all these gurus selling courses and all that stuff. And I was like, I never want to be that person, but I do want to be able to provide value. And uh, when we saw like just in the NFT space in general, it really does kind of change the core space um, because the price obviously of a pass is dictated by the holders and the value that they mm -hmm. believe it's worth, um, which totally changes the game. So it's not like you can just go out and just scam people to buy a course that has no relevant value. It's like, it's a very different model. So I felt a lot more comfortable taking that approach. And yeah, that's kind of my bread and butter. Honestly, it's like awesome. I, I spend hours and hours in there a week just helping people and I love it. So. Oh yeah. Brandon, when I first met you, obviously the space was not as evolved as it is now, right? It was mm -hmm. pretty much like euphoria. There was very little knowledge or information or even, you know, like reputable figures like we have now in the space. Like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's been around. This guy has it. So for somebody like you to come in this space, obviously I know one of the biggest skill sets that was lacking in the space was development at the time, right? Especially if we reverse back to like earlier this year or even later last year. How did you kind of get started in the whole development scene? And what made you want to pick that specific skill set over the rest of the things that you could have got involved in when Web3 and crypto was so early a year mm -hmm. ago? Oh my God. I remember um, Brett and I, if, if you're not familiar with it, Brett Malinowski is a big NFT YouTuber. He's my partner on literally everything we do in Web3. Um, but I remember when we first got started on our project, we had no idea what to do. <laughs> like there was not, there weren't YouTube videos on it. There was no one talking about it. We were kind of like, we'll just jump into this and take it step by step. Um, ran into a ton of issues, but development was a headache um, just because there's just not a lot of resources out there um, at, at the time. And so what I ended up doing, because I worked in the development space, I built software companies and stuff in the past. Um, so I had a bunch of developers that I knew and could connect with. So I started reaching out to all of them and I was like, you guys know any Solidity developers? Do you know anyone who's done this before? And I had a couple of buddies refer me to um, a developer they knew out in Brazil. And so I jumped on a call with him and I was like, hey, listen, I want to work with you on this project. You know, We'll make sure you get paid, um, but I want to learn everything that you know and like oh, wow. just teach me. Nice. And so that's like the key to everything is finding a mentor. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but finding someone who's better than you. Obviously, I probably could have sat back and learned it. But even then, I'd be like second guessing myself and everything that mm -hmm. I did. So I found it easier just to find someone who had a couple of projects under their belt um, and to kind of like show me the ropes. 
Uh, and once he did that, I still work with him from time to time. Um, but we kind of, I just train a bunch of other people to do this exact same thing. And we built a really good system behind it. Um, we have like basically a perfect track record on development. So it's, uh, it worked out, but it was definitely a, a scary task to accomplish in the very beginning. So. I bet. I mean, the, the amount of stories that we've heard in the NFT space about development issues, like there was that one project that literally minted out what, like $30 million, I think, and it couldn't be withdrawn from the contract mm -hmm. or, <laughs> or the amount of people like who developed the contract where it withdrew the funds to the wrong wallet. And then, you know, the mm -hmm. founders end up with nothing. So it's like, that is a very high demand obviously like it's a it's a very good skill set to have and, it, and it's something that's very complicated that doesn't attract a lot of people and it's probably mm -hmm. because it's hard right yes. so looking at it now right because obviously there's a lot more templates drafts obviously everything's so on chain and open source that if you really wanted to some people could be like hey you know what let me just try to copy this contract and launch something very similar mm -hmm. right what is kind of your take on like developing right now and how much of it is actually being done from scratch versus like hey once you do it once it's a lot easier for you to continue building on top of that specific development type yeah and I, stuff. I think as of right now when it comes to development for nft projects there's a lot of there's a lot of solutions nowadays like i mean yeah. within the last six months we've seen tons of minting solutions um at least on a basic level if you have like a basic collection you can find one of these like no code mint tools to be able to use. Um, the issue is nowadays, simplicity, at least if you're building a project, isn't necessarily what sells. People want to see something that <laughs> is unique and different and is like, in a sense, just customized um, for yeah. their specific project. Um, but I mean, right now, there's a lot of easier solutions. And you can obviously take a look at other contracts um, of other projects similar to yours or whatever you're trying to build um, that I've already deployed. Um, but yeah, the, the risk involved with solidity and smart contracts is once it's deployed, it's deployed, you know, and there's mm -hmm. no, like, it's a little bit different. I, I see a lot of really good developers like fail hard in the solidity space, just yeah. because I feel like most developers kind of go into it with a mindset of like, let me just build an MVP and then I'll debug it as we go and test. But it's like, once that thing is deployed, it's like, and you launch <laughs> and people start minting, you, you know, it's, you it's just done. have to make sure you have everything in order. Um, but I think development, at least in the Web3 side, is going to get easier, at least for simple solutions and simple projects. Um, but it's a more complicated projects that definitely are going to need higher end developers. And especially what with what we're doing with our agency and trying to build solutions on that end um, and different things, um, building different systems in the space to make things easier. We're, we're already working on stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Nice. I want to get to the agency, but before that, obviously, there's a there's a long gap, mm -hmm. right, between getting started and now having obviously an agency. So walk me through getting started in the NFTs, and then what happened after that first development that you did. Mm -hmm. What was what was the like? Was this what you always planned? Like, did you envision yourself here today a year ago, or this kind of just happened by you growing into you know whatever you thought was mm -hmm. coming along? So it's funny, like I set a ton of goals, like even a couple of years back, like just yearly goals. And I set my goals like based around my birthday, which is like in September. So like I did know, like I was like, this is what I'm going to achieve within the year. I just didn't know exactly how it was going to come to be. Yeah. Um, and then 
obviously right after our first project, Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, um, I think we did right around like 1.5 million and we sold out in less than like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and right after that, that was like, I need to go all in on this, you know, like there's nothing else that matters. And at the time I had a couple drop shipping stores and, or e-commerce stores. One was a brand, one was just testing a bunch of different products. Yeah. Um, and then I had a software company at the time too. So I was like, honestly, I'm pausing all of this. Like this is a once in a lifetime deal. Like I'm going to start scaling out a totally different team. And it really happened like within like a week or two. And it was like, I'm hiring like crazy. I'm really just trying to build out this entire team from development to marketing to community managers to finding people that I saw and like met in the NFT space to like help me run communities and be mods and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then it was really interesting because originally to sell out Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, like Brett built his personal brand. So we were all kind of assisting on building a personal brand and at the same time curating this community and all this stuff. And once we realized the power in just having a brand, having an audience, we were like, okay, there's a lot more power in having multiple influencers. So we were like, okay, how do we like create that? How do we, you know, just create like be able to not necessarily own a majority of the space, but be able to like create these influencers that people follow on YouTube and so we started like finding buddies who were really good at trading, who were making, you know, $50,000 a week or something insane, just trading NFTs. And we were like, how about you start teaching people this? And, you know, we can help you kind of grow your channel and all this stuff. And then, yeah. I mean, within a matter of months, we dropped multiple alpha passes. Um, Popeye, like plug pass, champ, plug pass. Um, plug pass. Yep. And then um, that's when everything really started kicking off because we got we put ourselves in a position to where other projects just wanted us because they knew we had the network in the space. They knew we had the experience. And then it was like, we're no longer selling anybody. It's like everybody's trying to pitch us instead. And it was like a very different shift. But um, that's really like how everything just kind of kicked off. So and then there are obviously a ton of projects that we worked on as well. And then we wanted to kind of dabble in uh, different niches. But I think we found that monetizing and helping creators um, and people who have influence um, socially um, to tap in the NFT space was our like bread and butter. And so that's kind of what kicked everything off. And even that's like the direction even our agency is headed um, with brands and creators and influencers and all that good stuff. So it gives me so much euphoria moments just thinking of like the last eight months and like during that time, because mm -hmm. I could literally just like think back. And I'm like, dude. It happened so quick. So quick. I mean, it, it's one of those things that um, like this is why I love like just keeping my options open when it comes to opportunities. And sometimes it's like the opportunity that no one's really looking at or everybody thinks is crazy. And like that is, you know, the gold. And that's like the diamond in the rough that you need to find. Like I remember when I was building Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, I was telling you know, all my buddies, even like Sebastian Georgiou, I was like, yo, he's like, what are you working on? I was like, oh, I'm building this NFT project, you know, and uh, <laughs> we're trying to like, you know, sell like a million dollars of uh, mushrooms, you know, and he was like, what, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I was like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm just shooting my shot, you know, and then uh, I remember once that happened, he was like, once we sold out, he came over that day and he was like, all right, explain I mean, to me what you're doing. Yeah, so like, but no, I think uh, at, that, at that time, like we thought we were late in the NFT space, too. We had no idea. Mm. We were like, oh, you know, we've got to get this out as soon as possible. But uh, 
you know, it's just funny how that works. And if you can put yourself in a position where, you know, you have the network and you see opportunities and you see things before anyone else does, it really does give you the advantage as long as, um, in a sense, you have the balls to kind of take that risk, you know? So, yeah, I think something we can all relate to here is like to people probably in our lives and our family, what we're doing is kind of crazy and doesn't make sense. Like web three in general is very hard to explain to a lot of people in my life personally. Um, and I think a lot of people listening, like if you're listening to this podcast or if you're in the Web3 community right now, as the, as the economy is right now, you're here for a reason. Like you're here to do something. You either want to be a part of something or create something of your own. Um, and I'm wondering like for people who want to create an NFT project and let's say they buy your pass to the NFT Academy, right? Um, what are they exactly, walk me through it. What are they getting exactly through that academy? Yeah, so typically, so we have like obviously a ton of resources. Like, I mean, I think like over 100, 120 hours of content. Um, we do a lot of, just because this space moves so quickly, I don't necessarily like just the standard, um, you know, core structure where you film these videos and people rewatch them because the space moves so fast and mm -hmm. yeah. things are up and things are down and there's a new meta and um, it's hard to like build relevant content if you shot content like a year ago right and so what we do is we do like weekly live trainings um, where basically everybody can join we talk about a specific topic and then we have small groups is basically what we call them but groups of anywhere from like 10 to 15 people um, we do four of them a week um, and basically everybody's assigned a specific group based on what they're building. And then they can have like direct conversations with myself, Brett, Champ, Kosher. Um, they're all in there. And so we have people building software tools in Web3. We have people building projects um, and we have people building agencies, um, people who've had experience in Web3, who understand it, um, who obviously have kind of a basic team behind them um, or have, you know, great outsourcing. Um, but basically helping them establish like a web three presence. Like we see social media marketing agencies, you know, obviously that was a huge thing back in the day. Um, and people are obviously still building that. But, um, in web three, if you have experience in web three and NFTs, it gives you a totally different angle into the market and a reason why businesses should work with you. Um, and it's crazy to see like the amount of large brands out there that are really trying to figure out a way to tap into web three. Um, and we see it all the time with even like McLaren and a lot of these other companies, Nickelodeon dropping NFTs. Yeah. Um, but it's funny to see like how a lot of them, everyone pictures, Brett and I talk about this a lot, but everyone pictures the NFT space as just profile pictures. But, <laughs> and that's how a lot of these big companies are rolling things out. But in our case, like we don't believe that there is going to be an NFT space. It's like the internet, right? Like at, in the early days of the internet, it's like, oh, you have an internet company, you know, like that's <laughs> crazy, right? It's the same thing with NFTs. But eventually, I think it'll just be a part of our daily lives. Like we're going to be using them without even realizing it. And so what Brett and I are trying to do right now is build the infrastructure for brands to like tap into Web3, utilize the technology, gain all the benefits without the complications, without trying to explain to your entire audience what an NFT is or what Web3 is. But give them all the benefits and so it's just funny seeing this space kind of evolve but from the gist of it that's really what we've been pushing even in the nft academy um and we've seen great results we've had like six or seven projects um join what's called our million dollar mint club meaning you mint over a million dollars in your project 
um, and you sell out. And uh, it's been great just seeing like people's results. I mean, that's like literally what keeps me motivated every day. Like, I love it. Yeah, that's like unheard of, honestly, too, in this space. Yeah. Like, I've mm -hmm. never seen anybody help other founders projects like to the scale that you guys have done. And again, it's literally funny that you mentioned that because I have the website up right here. And I'm like, okay, so you got about five, six projects now that have done over a million dollars in mint revenue for, you know, their companies that were pretty much built off NFTs. What are some of the common traits in the founders in, in the type of NFT companies that you guys see are coming through the NFT Academy and actually seeing success? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it is, I mean, it could be like a mixture of things, right? But Brett and I, are, we like to bet on people. And so ultimately, it's just the experience that the founder or one of the key players have um, even prior to. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing for us is marketing. Um, and then just overall business experience. Like, do you know how to hire people? Do you know how to structure a team? Do you know how to make everything work seamless? And you know, develop some sort of hierarchy because it's different when you're just building a normal company trying to sell a product. And then in NFTs, you're building a company trying to sell a product and curate a community of tens of thousands of people and manage them. And it's a totally different animal. So honestly, like a lot of the people we've seen succeed in this space are a lot of e-commerce people. Um, mm, a lot of yeah. people who had the marketing background, who had obviously built a team in the process, no know how to like grow social media accounts organically, know how to run paid, paid ads, work with influencers, you know, make the connections, you know, um, make partnerships, collabs, they know how to pitch. They obviously have business experience. We see a lot of people who have experience in the e-commerce space succeed, um, as well as just people with you know, basic business experience who know how yeah. to hire people who have way better experience than they do, who may already have marketers at their disposal, yeah. developers, um, those are really the people we see succeed. But I have seen people who had no experience really just grind. And I'm talking like spend hundreds of hours a week just like in Discord, like two or three guys just sitting there like trying to meet and network with everybody in the space, collab, provide as much value as possible. And they kind of work their way from the ground up and they do really, really well. So um, it's just a matter of really work ethic and experience and then having obviously the marketing skills and the team management skills that you need to be able to uh, run a seamless project. Because if you don't have the team and you don't have the infrastructure, it's really easy to start seeing a lot of FUDs stir in your discord and oh, just, yeah. you know, and that that happens fast. And I'm sure you guys know that as well. So, yeah, yes, totally. What you said actually just reminded me of um, Luca Nets. Uh, CEO of Pudgy Penguins, he said, starting an NFT project is a lot like all the bad things about a startup company and all the bad things about going public at once into like one mm -hmm. business venture. Do you agree with that statement? 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. Because <laughs> it's like a lot of PR and how yeah. you communicate your messaging to your audience. Because I mean, you have a community of, let's just say, like 50,000 people, right? Every single one of these people have different opinions. They like different things. They want different things out of the project. And it's like, how do you communicate in a way where it doesn't piss off like a small group? Because if it does, it spreads quick, you know, and it's the like, small group is louder than the big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, Luke and, and all of us, we, we were all out in Colorado earlier this year. Um, and we were talking about that as well, especially when all the pudgy penguin stuff was going on and yeah. it was uh, 
really interesting to kind of see his take, but brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, totally. So no, it, it's funny seeing a lot of these like e-commerce guys tap into exactly, the web space. Exactly. And then, mm -hmm. but it's, it's interesting. Like even a lot of them, you know, like they don't see, I guess the long-term vision and value of web three and what it can do. They just kind of popped in and then now they're going back to what they're doing before, just the way the market is. But it's interesting seeing the ones who decided to stick around just because, you know, yeah, it might be a little bit slow right now, but if you can really focus on building that infrastructure right now, it's like building an internet company, you know, mm -hmm. like right around the dot-com crash, you know, it's like the opportunities mm -hmm. are endless um, as long as you're in a position to take advantage of it and you're building even when no one else is, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's it at the end of the day. When blood's in the water, you buy, you ape the bottom, you know, you build, and then you reap all the benefits at the top. So that's kind mm -hmm. of how Brett and I view this space too. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of e-commerce people also tried to come into the NFT space and they couldn't do it, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. like I come from e-com, you, Luca, you know, a lot of these other guys we know all came from a similar background and, you know, we're still here compared to some people were like, you know, I tried this thing out. It's not really working for me. Mm -hmm. So it leads me to my next question, right? So there's the solopreneurs and then there's the entrepreneurs, right? There's the people who want to build the projects and there's people who, you know, maybe it's their first time coming into Web3 and they just don't want to build something, but they want to learn a skill set that's not too hard and it's not going to be like dependent on you to make something work or not, right? So from the NFT Academy as well, what are those like some in the middle type of skill sets that you guys recommend to people that don't want to build a project and they don't want to develop because obviously that may scare a lot of people off. So what do you mm -hmm. think is like some very valuable roles that's underserved right now, but have a huge impact? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. I would say definitely on the community building side, I think obviously mm -hmm. that's a role where you can't necessarily like build an entire project with, but it is a good entry level way to if you can develop those skills and know how to manage a community, you know how to kind of like manage mods and, you know, support and all that good stuff. Um, if you can understand that there's a lot of needs for that in the space, especially with communities that have, I mean, like 50,000, 60,000 people like they need people to manage their communities. And on top of that, by doing that, you start meeting a lot of people, you start meeting marketers, you start meeting the founders behind these projects. Um, and like, that's it at the end of the day. Like if you establish good relationships and you build a good network of people, um, it absolutely changes the game. If you're trying to scale, if you're trying to hire, if you're trying to find people who are really, really good. And like, that's what we tell everybody. We're like, if you want to meet people in the web three space, if you want to develop skills, just start being engaged, start figuring out ways to provide value to people. Like that mm -hmm. is as simple as it sounds, people overlook it. And that is like the key to anything in business is like, networking the people that you know are the ones who open up new doors and mm -hmm. i feel like being a community manager is probably the easiest thing to learn um to tap into um and start like you know meeting other people seeing all the different skills these other people have that really build a project um and then you can learn new things but i would say i don't like taking the easy approach because it's like nothing ever like is easy nothing is ever easy and then nothing really worth doing comes easy, easy. so it's like yeah. um but if you are just trying to kind of figure out a way to like tap into it you know dabble your feet in the water kind of thing uh that's the community management side is probably the best direction to go so yeah and i think it's probably the hardest right now like everyone has such low like confidence in the space 
it's probably hard to like manage communities and keep people excited and interested and involved and engaged. So I'm wondering, like, since like you're basically a professional like brand builder, professional community builder, because that's what NFTs are. Like, it's nothing without the community that's around it. What's like some of the staple things that you've learned that you have to do or you should never do when you're trying to build this brand and attention around an NFT project? Don't focus on the numbers. Like this Mm. is what way too many people do is they start building a project and everyone wants to like look at the numbers, right? Like how many followers do I have? How many people do I have in my discord, you know? And what ends up happening, and I see this time and time again, it's one of like the biggest issues. And it's not even like an issue. It's like a mentality that they have when they jump into it. And they're like, how do I get to 10,000 followers as fast as possible? And they focus on the top of their funnel, which is like just targeting their cold audience the people who don't know anything. And they run a ton of giveaways. They do a ton of just campaigns just to pump their numbers. But they're not focused on the quality of audience that they're actually getting. And then... On top of that, if you're only focused on the numbers, then you forget about like the middle and the bottom of your funnel, which is the most important part of building a community um, is really establishing like the incentive to keep people active, to keep people excited, to keep people coming back into the discord. Like, how do you make your discord the place to be? Like, I want people who are in my project to wake up every morning and check discord, right? Like, how do I create that excitement? And if you're only focused on the numbers, then you end up and you see this over and over again, you see projects with 50,000 people in their discord, and they only mint out like 10% of their supply. And you ask yourself mm-hmm. why? And it's like, because they're only focused on the numbers instead of actually curating a healthy, excited community. And so that's my one thing. If you start with the numbers mindset, you'll, you'll just fail, right? It's a matter of like, un- identifying who your audience is, what they want, where they are, how to target the right audience and then curate them and get them excited and get them to feel like this discord is my home. You know, Um, that's really the number one kind of staple that I would say if you're building a project like that should be your focus. Like don't even focus on top of the funnel until you have like the middle of your funnel, the bottom of your Mm -hmm. funnel, you know, all the incentives within your discord and your community to maintain people, um, provide value as well as just get people excited. So Nice. You know, it's, so, it's so interesting because you're mentioning like discord and how valuable that is to building a community. But at the same time, like, I think we all agree that NFTs are not going to be called NFTs when we actually start using them. I think like, di- unfortunately, I think Discord's going to die. Like, I don't think it's a viable way <laughs> of mass adoption. Like, personally, like I got into crypto and NFTs about four or five months ago. And Discord was probably the hardest thing for me to actually like learn and want to engage in. So I have a hard time seeing like Discord lasting. And I think it's going to move like back to back to like Web2, like Twitter, like Twitter is probably going to be the place where you're building your community the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. I, or I think if you someone else Discord is going to build there. a platform. But I, I do really? I think Discord going away, but I we are actually yeah. partnered with a company and working with a company right now that's actually building out something similar to Discord, but w- a way easier solution because um, I had the same issue. I wasn't a gamer growing up like yeah. I didn't have like on even growing up as a kid, like my parents got rid of all the TVs in our house. So <laughs> like 
they I, I had nothing i couldn't watch sports i couldn't play video yeah my games. dad broke my room tv one day because i i was i had the headphones on i was like mid fifa game like literally varsity level layer two mm-hmm. like i was almost gonna get ranked and he was calling me i never answered so i come in the tv smashed and i never got another one dude <laughs> yeah so my parents got rid of everything like i had a little computer so i would just like kind of nerd out on my own but I never really got into Discord or anything before the NFT space. And I remember jumping into that. I was like, what the fuck yeah, is this? Is you know, this? like yeah, there's just up? all these channels, all these people chatting about just random <laughs> stuff. I had no idea. And I it took me at least a month to like really yeah. wrap my head around it to a point where I understood it and I could like navigate it correctly. And Brett would always mm-hmm. make fun of me about it because he grew up as a gamer, grew up in Discord, you know, and it's like mm. ah. uh, it was just different. But it did take a little bit of time, but I definitely think there is an easier solution just because I feel like a lot of people see Discord and they're like, this is what I have to do to be able to mint this project. Yeah. Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, you know, literally. and it scares a lot of people. So I feel like that will uh, definitely need to take place at some point. There needs to be a much simpler community Discord yeah. chat setup that you can kind of run at scale. So, absolutely. Okay. Let, I, I got a question for you. So, in order for Web3 to be mass adopted, it can't feel like such a new technology that's hard to understand. And that's very clear. So mm-hmm. you guys are helping, obviously, everyday businesses, right, transition or at least add Web3 into their ecosystem, whether it's a new sales channel, a new marketing channel, whatever the case may be, right? So let's say I'm your local pizza shop, right? I already get a bunch of orders every single day. I have good customers, but I want to reward my everyday customers and I want to use Web3. And I come to you guys and I'm like, how do I do that? And how can you guys help me? What do you guys do? What's the strategy for something like that? Yeah. So, okay. So to preface this, we typically aren't working with like smaller brands at the moment, just due to the fact that mass adoption hasn't really taken place. But in a sense, you could even offer like you know, limited like coupons and people would have the ability to kind of go on your site, sign up. Um, and when they sign up, there will actually be a wallet that's automatically created for them. You know, they will receive their NFT or coupon in a sense, which they can also resell. They have full control over um, that, you know, pizza shop would then take royalties on it. They could purchase with a credit or debit card. Um, and then if they want to, they can transfer it to their own wallet. Um, so that's a very like, I mean, dumbed down kind of way of doing it. But uh, in a sense, like it could be different. Like, let's just say we work with um, like a big car brand, right? Um, Basically, like, let's just say, you know, Ferrari or like a BMW, for example. Um, And let's just say like tunes are really, really popular, right? And uh, like people to tune their cars, customize their cars. Well, what if, if you purchased like a limited edition tune for your Ferrari? And it came with like an RFID badge that you could put on your car and you could tap your phone and they would load the NFT to prove that you actually own this tune. You know, when you purchase a tune, it's just a simple debit or credit card purchase. You could purchase in crypto. You own that tune in your wallet. Um, You could resell it to somebody else. And then, you know, obviously your RFID badge would not work. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of lot of solutions. Um, But ultimately, like what Brett and I say, even for like creators, for example, you know, offering. you know, even like an exclusive membership, let's just say you're a gamer or switch streamer, um, you've got hundreds of 1000s of people that are following you, you could offer a limited edition pass, and people could just purchase it with a debit or credit card, it have all the web three benefits, people could resell them. 
um, as well as, you know, maybe your perk is like, hey, like I'll do these off channel lives where I'll teach you how to play these games, you know, how mm -hmm. I've learned these games, how I've mastered them, you know, um, but you have to own the past to be able to do that. Um, and then you can even set them on recurring subscriptions, just like a standard monthly recurring subscription model. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can use these, even lockable NFTs where if someone mints it, you know, they can't transfer it, they can't sell it. You know, it's like a lifetime pass or however you wanted to do it. Um, there are just so many options, but the key is selling them without confusing people because people right off the bat, even business owners, they hear Web3, they hear crypto, they hear NFTs. It's immediately a turn off. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> want to get into this. But if you can sell them on all the benefits that Web3 has to offer, especially to their consumers and their customers um, without any of the complications, without anyone even knowing, you know, it really mm -hmm. does change the game. Um, and especially people knowing that they can purchase something digitally and resell it. A lot of people are willing to pay a lot more for it just because they know they can always sell it when they're done with it. And mm -hmm. so it really does give control back to the consumers and back to, you know, the customers themselves, which is really unique. Um, and especially for a lot of businesses that are very focused on their consumer experience, this offers a whole new touch to that. So that's the, really the direction that we're headed with our agency. So I love that. OK, I got another one for you, unless Parisa wants to go here. OK, I got one. OK, I want to go back in time. Let's go back in time. Okay. So last bull run, peak euphoria. You've got like, your bags are full. You're like happy, you're smiling, you're not anxious. And then what, knowing what you know now, okay, what would you have done differently then? Like if uh, back to the, like last year when the NFT run started pumping? Whew. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an interesting question honestly like i think i would really go back and do the same thing that i did i think sure. uh the path that we took was perfect um yeah. which just happened to work out that way you know um most people like fail and i'm, I'm yeah. glad we didn't have that issue um but if i were to go back and redo it i would have completely structured my team um differently um, just how I had things structured internally, um, just to be able to take on more work and get more things done. Um, I've never been, I mean, prior to this, I've always been kind of like a solo entrepreneur, you know, like I would always have, you know, maybe four or five people working for me, but they're all just contractors They're They kind of mm -hmm. came and left and I'd hire new ones. And, mm -hmm, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of how that process worked. But when I got into NFTs, it was really about building teams, building systems that you can run at scale. And it's one thing to be working on, you know, one project a month. It's a totally different thing to be working on two, three, four. I think the most we've done in a month was like maybe three. So yeah, three projects in a month. And that was way too much. But if I could restructure the team and restructure how I had everything kind of set up on the back end, um, mm -hmm. at least in just how my team operated in general, I could have done five or six projects a month, you know, and, uh, at a way and make it way more seamless. And, uh, that's the one thing I wish I would have done just to have been a part of more projects because um, every project that we've been a part of, we've learned something new, ran into issues. And it's like, OK, if I I learned a ton doing 15, 16 projects, but what if I did 30, 40, you know, um, it would have been a totally different, totally different game. But ultimately, the team just wasn't 
able to scale at that rate. And a lot of it was like a new learning experience for me as well. And the only way to scale a team is to fail and hire a lot of people, fire a lot of people. And um, it, it was rough, but that's the one thing I would have changed. I wouldn't have necessarily changed the direction that we went, especially with like the influence approach that we took. Um, but the team structure was definitely something I learned. It was a, it was a whole new game for me. So good answer. Yeah, I think you guys definitely uh, were one of those, like one of the groups that was that was able to really maximize the opportunity to the best of its ability, like for sure. I, I, I think I you guys influence a lot more people than you actually think, too, for real. Like, uh, I mean, me personally, honestly, like one of my first encounters with you and Brett, and I think I've told you this before, was the video you did, I think, with Sebastian on Sebastian's channel. And that's when I was like, okay, because I was buying NFTs, right? And I was like, okay, Jaron Wise talking about it. Alex Becker was talking about Doge Pound. You know, Pudgy at the event, obviously, at that time was like just coming up. You had the cool cats, so on and so forth. And I'm like, okay, I can buy and flip or I can actually produce, right? And that's that's when I was like, okay, let me put my entrepreneur hat on and, and start producing mm -hmm. things here. I, I was so, in the same boat. Brett and I were yeah. like making decent money trading and Brett was killing it trading. Yeah. And I just remember looking me and him just looking at like the, you know, the volume and just, you know, oh my God, these people are making 6%, 7% on everything that sells. Yeah. It's like on top of that, like we paid what 300 bucks just a mint. They sold 10,000. It's like, yeah. oh my God, like what are we doing? Why are we trading? You know, it's like one thing to play the game. It's another thing to run the game and yeah. then you can. Yeah. I remember the craziest part was actually watching contract, like the amount of money in the contract just load up over like a 10 to 15 minute period, right? Because like Shopify is cool. You get the ka-ching sounds and it's like it's coming in. But mm -hmm. seeing like the actual contract load up with like literally it goes from zero, one million, two million, three million within like minutes. And you're like, dude, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like there's that much money just circulating in the space <laughs> every time and... you refresh the page on etherscan it's like another 100 g's <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah you know? yeah it was it's crazy it's crazy um so leads me to my next question right obviously you guys have a, a pretty good ear and, and pulse on the market because you're working and, and the way you're positioned obviously with these brands what do you think are the specific sectors that are really going to shine going into the next bull run like what do you mean by sectors like We've seen obviously the NFTs and okay, PFPs, right? There's the storytelling, there's the utility, there's the tech, so on and so forth. So what are what do you think like the sectors or narratives, I guess, to better phrase my questions, that are like, gonna be like very important in the next in, in the next bull market? Yeah. I, I think gaming is gonna be huge, huge, yeah. but not the gaming NFTs that we've seen so far. I don't think any of those are going to do anything crazy <laughs> like my thing to gaming nfts and i say this a lot to people building games in the academy is you know like what why would i buy an nft that's 200 bucks to play your game when i could buy four games for my ps5 for the same price and they're mm -hmm. probably better and they have less bugs and yeah. you know it's like it doesn't make sense but once these gaming companies even like grand theft auto steps in the picture and starts applying web3 technology into their yeah. in into the game it will change the whole landscape um i think gaming is going to be huge i think just i don't necessarily know and this is just i don't want to be a debbie downer but i don't know what the bull run looks like um 
with profile picture projects in the next run. I think a lot could change um, in just how people are actually using the technology. Like, for example, you know, driver's licenses as NFTs like would be huge. You know, you can load your driver's license. You can't fake it. You can't make a different copy, you know, just right mm -hmm. on your phone. You know, like gym memberships to literally everything that we do, I think is going to be backed by NFT Web3 technology because it's just better and people won't even realize it. I think gaming is going to really take on that sector heavy. Um, but when it comes to profile picture projects, obviously, I think, you know, board apes, crypto punks, you know, a lot of these blue chip NFT projects will stay um, and will do really well just because of the people that they have, you know, in their communities backing their projects. Um, and obviously, they're some of the first, right? But I think um, I think most projects aren't going to do very well if you're just like a standard profile picture project. Eventually, people just get bored and they want the next new thing. Um, and unless you can evolve at that rate and at how fast the Web3 space is scaling, it's going to be hard to keep up, especially with these. I mean, like Grand Theft Auto, I mean, the amount of money that they put into their games, like you are compete. If you're building a gaming NFT, you don't know you're who you're ant. competing with. It's yes. like it's like me trying to build, you know, like uh, the next Instagram. It's like, I don't want to fight Zuckerberg, you know, like that's yeah. the last person I want to be competing with. He could bury me and not even think twice about it. You know, it's like um, but that's how I see this space evolving. And honestly, I really don't know. Like a lot of this is just you know, Brett and I talking, kind of coming up with a hypothesis on what we think is going to happen. But who really knows? You know, we're kind of just playing the cards as we go and mm -hmm. seeing what's going on in the space, what people are building, you know, the direction that a lot of really smart people are headed. Um, obviously, you see it with these big brands like these people are smart, they're intelligent, they know what they're doing. They've obviously crushed the sector that they're in. Um, and kind of seeing them evolve into the Web3 space gives us a good idea of where it's headed. But who really knows, you know, like every bull run's been different. Like I bought my first yeah. Bitcoin in 2015, 2016. Um, and so I've kind of like seen the ups and downs of the crypto market and it's different, like almost every time, you know, and especially in the NFT space, uh, it's absolutely crazy. So who knows? But if you're not building, you're just missing out on like a huge opportunity to capitalize on in the future. You know, um, that's my main thing. Like Bezos building Amazon to sell books, like at the time, like why? Why the fuck would anybody buy a book online, pay way more for shipping, have to wait a significant amount of time when there's a Barnes and Noble around the corner everywhere? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but now those are going out of business. Amazon is taking over the world. And it's like, I see the same evolution taking place with NFTs, blockchain technology, crypto in general. Um, right now, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but eventually it will. And it'll get to a point where it's like, if you're not leveraging Web3 NFT technology, like you're way behind you know um so that's kind of how i see the space growing yeah i agree i think what you said about ids made me really sad because my fake id got me everywhere in college so i hope <laughs> they don't do that with ids but um what i was gonna say is like we are in the most depressing market right now ever um both just like in the world and also as a result in the Web3 community. Um, so we're always having these conversations about like, oh, like mass adoption's coming. It's coming. Like, don't worry. Like, it's going to come. We're just so early. And I always think about like, what is going to be that trigger event or that moment or that company that causes that to happen? 
And to me, that's not going to happen until we have regulation in the space. Like Mm -hmm. we can talk about how early we are. We can talk about like the opportunities, but big institutions, huge conglomerates, like they're going to be very careful about how they get involved in this space until there's some clarity within the law. And I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle that most people aren't talking about right now. Mm -hmm. But that's I totally agree. I think a lot of people think regulation, they hear regulation, especially in the crypto space, because everyone, a lot of people are just like all about decentralization and all this stuff. You know, they hear regulation, like regulation's bad. But I mean, look at history. Every time something has been regulated, it really booms, you know, Um, because it puts a lot more people in a place where they trust it. At the same time, too, even with... um, you know, the CBDC and central banking digital currencies and mm-hmm. all that stuff moving forward. I think a lot of things are going to change here over the next few years. Now, how that takes place and how these countries implement this is going to be, I, I don't know, could be different, right? But um, ultimately, Brett and I talk about this a lot too. And just the overall idea of decentral decentralization sounds great, right? Uh, you know, the power back in the people's hands, yeah. right? But if we're being honest, that will never happen. Like yeah. the people in control who are in a position where they're basically running the world will never want the people to have that sort of power. So now it's a matter of them looking at you know cryptocurrency and figuring out, okay, how can we create our own or establish it in a way where we regulate it, we control it? You know, that's gonna be the move in the direction that it's headed, which sucks, right? But at the same time, it's like it's just reality. It's the world that we live in. You know, there are people who kind of run this game and in a sense, mm-hmm. we're just pawns. But as long as you can see it, you can take advantage of it and, uh, exactly. you know, kind of play by their rules or play the game that they're playing at a very, very small level. Um, that's how I see it. But I think regulation is good. I think it needs to happen. And the sooner it happens, the better off it'll be for the entire crypto space. But obviously, right now with uh, how everything's looking in the world, it's not looking too hot but uh but i mean sometimes it takes like the downsides and like you know just bad times to create really good times and you know significant change um even like looking and watching like ray dalio talk about his 80 year blocks is really really interesting and seeing Mm -hmm. you know how we literally repeat ourselves over and over Mm -hmm. and over Mm -hmm. again and Mm -hmm. if you can identify that and identify you know new things that are coming and i believe like that next because we're at the end of our 80 year block that next block is going to have a lot to do with cryptocurrency and a Mm -hmm. lot to do with web 3 and really just change the landscape that we're in today because we're obviously a very digital like um digital society you know everything is instagram and facebook and social media and it's like what does that next step look like and how will crypto and blockchain really tie into that and then how can all of us take massive advantage of it um that's kind of how we're playing it so okay so let me ask you this then um and feel free to we can skip it but i'm curious so you know we're talking about that that there's a huge opportunity here and you hear this rhetoric all the time like oh, it's uh, bear markets where you make money. Bear markets are how you become, create generational wealth and become a millionaire. Like this is the time to build. We know all these things. We've heard all these things. But, you know, it would have been really nice during the dot-com bubble burst 
that if I knew Amazon would become Amazon, I could invest in it then, right? That would have been really mm-hmm. nice. Um, so who do you see in this space, whether crypto or NFTs, that's going to become the Amazon, the Google, the Apple of Web3? Oh, God, I don't know. I really <laughs> don't. I mean, to say that I know would be be a lie. Obviously, like I try... I'm I'm a gambler. I like taking risks. So I just like bet like kind of like a spread across the board, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't know what's going to hit, but I know that this space is a future and technology and coins and projects that I, I truly believe in. Like this is the time to buy. And like that's anything, right? Like companies fail, companies grow, companies yeah. will grow at tremendous rates and then fail, right? You never really know what's going to happen. So I think a lot of people kind of put themselves in like an analysis paralysis mode where they are thinking so hard on like all these different coins and which one should I fully invest and ape into. Um, And they end up just sitting around and they don't buy when it's at the bottom or they don't dollar cost average down and they just kind of wait and then they miss out on the entire opportunity. So I try Mm -hmm. not to look at it at in a way where it's like I'm betting on everything I have on this one thing to pop off because I think this is going to be the future. I think mm-hmm. it's really a matter of just kind of looking at the board, analyzing everything, picking, you know, the top 20, you know, different things that you could see really growing at a tremendous rate. And then don't overthink it. Just start putting money into it. Start buying when everyone's scared, everyone's selling. You know, it's like it's those like it's hard times where like real men and like women are made. You know, it's like, do you have like the ability to take that sort of risk and when everyone's scared and running off and you're sitting there you're buying you're working you're building you know um even if you don't know the exact direction you want to go the fact that you are taking steps and progressing in your life is the only thing that matters so that was a better answer than what i was looking for so great (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna do one more we could probably wrap this thing up brandon so three things you would leave somebody listening to this with or three things you would tell somebody to pay attention or start doing now in order to make millions in the next four run or position themselves to do so, mm-hmm. what would they be? Okay, the first thing is exactly what I said before. Don't fall into the analysis paralysis mode. Just focus on making progress and not just staying busy because there's a difference in just being busy doing a whole bunch of shit than actually focusing on one thing and making significant progress. So that's the first thing. Don't be afraid to jump into it. Just take your first step. The next thing is focus on developing hard skills. Focus on something that you're interested in that could provide significant value to, you know, a bunch of people or businesses or services, whatever it might be. But focus on really developing skills. Take an hour, two hours a day, every single day, and focus on one thing that you want to be the best at. And whether you know how to apply it right off the bat or not, just by putting yourself in a position where you're constantly educating yourself will absolutely change the game. And that that's just business in general. Nothing happens overnight. You're not going to build a million dollar company overnight, but it's the skills that you build and develop over time. I mean, sometimes you can, right? But <laughs> but most of the time for most people, it takes years and years of experience to develop the skills and then get in a position where you know how to use them uh, to create the right vertical, right? Um, so that's the other thing. And then the last thing is networking. And everyone says this, but it is by far the most important thing you can do. If you live in your hometown right now and you want to achieve something huge, move, get out of your current environment, meet new people. And these are the people that are going to like find people who are better than you. 
right? Like a lot of us like to compare ourselves down, you know, like I'm doing better than this person or all these other people I went to school with. But if you can fix that and start comparing yourselves to people who are doing way better than you, surrounding yourself mm -hmm. around those types of people, they're the ones who will open doors and based on your skills and the value you can provide, the people that you know are the ones who really level you up. So, and on top of that, it's going to be the smart people in crypto that have been around in this space for years and years and years since like 2015, 2016, who are telling you what to buy, what to sell, you know, what they're doing. And you start hearing all these things from people who know way more than you, um, which presents significant opportunity. Because I don't want to tell anybody to, you know, focus on this one thing, right? Because that one thing could change over time. But if you focus on yourself, developing the right skills and surrounding yourself around the right people, if your goal is to make millions in this next bull market, then set that as your goal and do everything in your life to position yourself in a place where you deserve it and you've earned it and you have all the right resources around you. So that's uh, those are like the three things I would say from for advice if anyone's trying to really take advantage of this next bull market. So perfect. I love that. Make sure you guys drop a like, drop a comment. We have Brandon's links in the description below. Check him out on social and then we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Sounds good. See ya.